0: Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Good,
1: good, good, good. Still hanging in there, and today was hit with a new surge of hope. There's no no evidence of this, but just a surge of hope that things will return to normal, and we will have a normal, regular football season. Uh, it's just, again, no evidence, just uh just hopeful today that that's our, that's our future, a Normal, a normal football season. Did somebody say something? or uh, just, say- uh, Maybe it's the Feinbaum show returning to the SEC Network. <laughs> maybe, it was that sim- maybe it was that simple. You know one thing, though, that I- I'm wondering, this is just off the top of my head, I'm wondering if maybe, if maybe we determine that at some point this summer it is safe for people to gather in large gatherings if – Everyone is wearing a mask, and I think um, I think that might be something. I think that might be not necessarily a game changer, but there's apparently increasing evidence that 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 everyone wearing a mask would really stop the spread, even if we even if we we you know we're, we're back we're back you know released from our homes. So maybe, maybe that's the answer to, uh, to things this fall. I mean, I don't know how the players can play, uh, with masks. Uh, maybe if they all wore the face masks, uh, the face mask type helmets, uh, might reduce the coughing and sneezing and, and, in and, in, 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 in piles of, uh, of players at the scrum at the line of scrimmage, but I don't know. I, I'm just, I'm just a little, a little more optimistic, but maybe it's just a, uh, Maybe it's just hoping and, and, and wishing and not based on any evidentiary thing.
0: I'm so glad you're not a doctor.
1: <laughs> so so are my fake patients. Were yeah, screwed. if you would, you would
0: take two leeches out of the jar I have by my front desk, I think we'll clear that syphilis right up. <laughs> um Jimmy, you got a compliment on Twitter. For one of our podcasts, I guess it was for the basketball podcast we did yesterday. If you hadn't checked that out, you should go check that out. Uh, It was actually a lot of fun to do, and we just stumbled upon it. I mean, we didn't mean for that to happen, and it just turned out to be fun, I thought. Um, But one of our Twitter followers said, you know, at LJS Law, which is your Twitter handle, you sounded very smart. My mom was listening. She thought she sounded very smart. And I chimed in with, "Well, I guess I'm just sitting over here like a big dumbass, um, <laughs> you know. Probably to be for shit. you're the lovable little elf, and I'm the big old gray turd in the corner that a neighbor's dog left." It's
1: because I don't shut up. I think most people, I, I never shut up. People listen to the show just like, "Oh, that's, that's that LJS Law Show. It's, it's it's the only guy that talks." Because once once you wind me up, once you start me up, as as Mick Jagger sang about me. Once you start me up,
0: I never stop. I mean, I'm the one that lives in in a small town that has we we didn't have a lot of restaurants to start with. Now they're all shut down for the coronavirus. I got four kids. I've been married twice. Uh, I've got a dog. I don't and yet here you are down there just clipping along, being smart like some kind of jackass.
1: Hey, my intelligence is vastly overrated, particularly by like the State Bar Association and my paying clients. But let's not um, tell them.
0: Actually, all all those things I said make me realize I am the dumb one. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, let's let's right. do a podcast about Alabama sports today, and I'm guessing you're going to be right about something. We are going to do a podcast about Alabama sports Day, And the Alabama sport we're going to talk about is the 2015 National Championship game. Uh, Jimmy, I believe you were there. I know I was was. there. Um, I've been to every national championship that we've been in since 92. And that's not something I'm going to, that's not a habit. Is that
1: really true? You went to uh,
0: California for the ass kicking when we got our ass kicked? Yeah, I was. You mean two years ago? Yeah, I was there.
1: I don't know why I blocked that out of my head that you weren't there. I was not there. I'd been to every one of them up till the, the, the to Smitty game where, uh, where the wife and I were, uh, iced in at the top of a mountain in North Alabama and could not get down the mountain due to an ice oh, right. storm with
0: Tony. Right. With our buddy with, Tony, right?
1: with our buddy, Tony, that's right. I was, and you know, I, I know a lot of people, you know, that hear that story and they know how much I care and love Alabama. They they're crushed for me because they're they're like how can you have tickets and then that's like the biggest tragedy i've ever heard and you're just what two and a half hours away from atlanta up there in north alabama and you can't even get down the mountain because of a freak ice storm and uh but to be honest uh two things number one i was able to transfer the tickets were digital that see it was the first year of digital tickets so i was able to transfer them to a close friend who was dying to go so i was able to get my tickets to somebody who could be there and And him and his wife were extremely grateful that I'd sent them you know my tickets and secondly, we had a really good time uh watching with our with our good friends and, and we were able to to celebrate with them and and we won the game. Have we lost the game I, I might feel differently about it, but we won the game, which is all that matters to me and uh and we were able to celebrate with our friends uh in the warm in the in, in the warm mountain home uh while the ice melted. So, so I, I wasn't too upset. So 2018 was the first time we never bought tickets to go. We never, we didn't buy tickets. We, we just weren't going to that. We had decided to go to the semifinal in Miami. Uh, we decided to to, to spend our, our pennies and nickels going to Miami for a few days and going on a little vacation and then watch us beat Oklahoma uh, because You know, for us, uh, it's just a little easier sometimes to choose, you know, instead of doing both. But did you go to a semifinal or did you just move all your chips to the middle of the table for the final? Or did you go to Miami? I I don't recall you being in Miami.
0: No, I didn't go to Miami that year. But before I tell you about that, I do want to say, hey, at UK girl, 1080. Jimmy's not so smart now. He got iced in from a football game. How about that?
1: that's true um, that's true but, that's and true. i gotta
0: give uh beth raw uh, i guess that's how you say that r-a-w-e at uk girl 1080 she's following us and she responded because i tweeted back and said you know i assume i'm the dumb one you know if he's the smart one we got you yeah. gotta have a yin and a yang and okay. she said hey uh at ls robinson 21 my mom thinks you are hilarious and loves that you say shit a lot well she is going to think i'm a viking after today, um, why
1: are you going to cuss about the Clemson game? We want this is one of the Clemson games we won.
0: I, I, that's true, but it did make me incredibly nervous. And this was one of the, the few times, um, especially in the national championship game. Where I was worried like towards the end, we weren't gonna win it. I mean, that we hadn't yeah. lost a national championship game at this point, you know. That's I mean, right. we didn't lose one until two years ago, uh, that I've been to. So I mean, I was sort of thinking, hey, wait a minute, y'all aren't supposed to be like hanging around. We're supposed to punch you in the mouth, you fall down, we run over you, I laugh, and I go home. That's how mm. this usually works. Um <laughs> all right, Jimmy, let's uh let me read let me that was do funny. our live read here for uh echelon and um then we'll, we'll go on into our 2015 rehash. Um, I'm, I'm doing this live read and I'm doing it off the cuff. So I want everybody to know that because this live read is sure to kind of be a train wreck. However, that doesn't mean that echelon fit is a train wreck. They're not, they're one of the best. Um, so to get fit in 2020, you don't have to join a gym or even pay a ton of money. for your life is Echelon. Go to echelonfit.com to discover their EX1 connected fitness bikes that offer a high-quality at-home cycling experience at less than half the price of a Peloton. And that's that's pretty cool right there. Um, Echelon makes beautifully engineered products for everyone, busy moms, lazy dads, whatever, first responders and elite athletes. Whatever your activity level, they can handle it. And with daily live and on-demand studio classes right in your home, you'll never have to step foot in a gym. You'll love Echelon, but if you're not 100% satisfied, Echelon will give you your money back. Join the hundreds and thousands of men and women who are getting fit with Echelon. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. I like that. I like what they did right there. Don't pay a ton for Peloton. Buy an Echelon bike today for under $1,000. Go to echelonfit.com. Slash L-O-N-F-L. That's short for locked on NFL. So echelonfit.com slash L O N F L to learn about their limited time, free Apple iPad, and complete details of this exclusive offer. Echelon, it's your time. That's E C H E L O N fit dot com slash L-O-N-F-L. Echelonfit.com slash L-O-N-N-F L. Woo, that was a man, that was a that was a live read and a half right there, baby. Um we got one more break to take, Jimmy, and we'll be back in just a second to start in on this 2015 championship game. Jimmy, the 2015 championship game uh in Arizona, arguably one of the top five national championship games of all time.
1: Boy, well. It, I get, You know, we haven't really been playing national championship games for a long time, if you consider the history of college football, really only since 1992 has there been some version of a national championship which changed two, three, four times, but yeah, I mean, you know, just considering those games forward, one of the best, maybe the best, in terms of the twists and the turns and the big plays, a few things stood out to me. And re-watching, I don't know how many times I've seen, I've seen this game a, a, quite a bit. It was one of the few watchbacks that we did, Luke, where I wasn't really surprised by much. But every time you watch it back, you'll notice something a little different. Number one, uh, first thing I want to hand out is a compliment to Deshaun Watson. I, I, I would be hard-pressed to remember a quarterback of our opponent, when Alabama's been good, and there's no question we were good, we were na- we were the national champions, who absolutely single-handedly destroyed us. Deshaun Watson, it was unbelievable in this game. Not only was he highly efficient, it uh, was extremely. He passed for 400 yards and ran for 70. He was actually their leading rusher, and. 470 yards of offense against a really good national championship winning defense. Uh, Unbelievable what Deshaun Watson did. I mean, in retrospect, I'm glad they didn't do this because I hate it when they do this. I'm glad they didn't. But he might have been the most deserving MVP of a game that was on the losing team. And I guess in the Super Bowl, you just can't give the because that is the college Super Bowl. You can't give the MVP to someone on the losing team. You can't. But if they were ever going to, Deshaun deserved it. He 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 was to say he was the best player on the field is is is, is an understatement. And Alabama had great players everywhere, including the Heisman winner that season, Derek Henry, who played well and had a a really productive big game with three touchdowns, I think 140 yards. Uh, Jake Coker played well. Uh, Alabama's defense, while they did give up all those yards to Deshaun, they did make some crucial big plays. Uh, but, but really, I know this, this also sounds crazy. One more take here, Luke. It was our third national championship in about five seasons. And the way I look at it is the 2011 team won the national championship because of the defense. The 2012 national championship was won because of an incredibly balanced, lethal offense. And the 2015 Alabama team won that game, that national championship game on special teams because the onside kick and Kenyon Drake's kick return touchdown were probably the two plays that decided the outcome of the game
0: yeah i i think that's very true in fact that's i want to ask you something about that here in just a second but i just did a a quick look of this game and um for, for everybody's reference to tell you the kind of star power that was on the field for this contest and i guess the only the only time i would think it would be rivaled would either be last year's lsu clemson game which we won't know until everybody's cycled through the draft, but, uh, or maybe the 2000 and what was it? 2002, uh, Ohio state Miami game. Maybe. Oh, that was a great game, but it was Oh two. Right. But I'm thinking about draft picks. 30 of the 44 starters were drafted. 30 of the 44 starters were drafted. 10 of those in the first round and nine in the second round. That's amazing. That that's, just unheard of. It's crazy. Um, but I guess the question is to what's your most memorable moment of that game? Because there are a, a litany of them to choose from, you know, is it Drake's kickoff? That's probably it for me. When I think 2015 game, I probably do think of that because look out Kenyan Drake can fly. And that's when he turns it on and he hits that corner. And I think any normal, mere mortal would have been caught right there because another guy did have the angle on him. But then he was able to outrun the kicker and number 15 for Clemson whose name I couldn't find out um, he he finally caught him at the goal line and to this day I still think boy I'm glad they didn't review that too much. I think he did cross yeah. the goal line with it, hit the yeah, pollen ball. But boy I mean it, if they had called it a fumble I'd have been like oh my god that's going to be tough to overturn. Um, yeah. It, and i that's why I wish he had – it had been, like, no problem, like he held onto it the whole time. But what's funny about number 15 is um, he's also the guy that had to run down O.J. Howard late on that third and eight play when O.J. Howard had his third big long play of the game. And he didn't right. score on this one, but fifteen's the one that had to chase him down. And I was thinking, that number 15, that little shit's run about 700 <laughs> yards in two plays. <laughs>
1: Um, it was a play it was a it was a game of big plays, which is why the game was so much fun i mean the game um, was fun because it just seemed there were just so many big plays that alabama made uh between all the oj plays derrick henry had a long run uh you know the the kick
0: people forget that
1: yep yep uh so it was it was uh, and then on clemson side it was deshaun watson really a masterful masterpiece performance. Uh and uh I've heard that Alabama coaches said uh after the game that Deshaun Watson was the best college quarterback that they'd ever coached against. I mean and, and you watch this and it's like so obvious that it was and uh man what a what a what a player what a game uh what a what a great call what a great call by by Saban on the onside kick that was just a perfect blend of perfect execution of a perfectly called play. It was responsible for winning as much as anything. So if you ask me about one play, I'd probably put it on that because have we given Deshaun Watson? The, that was basically Nick Saban, who, who who had a national championship winning defense, saying with that onside kick that if I give Deshaun Watson the ball here, they're going to score. And, and and that's why he did what he did to, to to not give Deshaun the ball back. And whoa, what a uh, what a game! And, uh, and and in our last commercial break, we'll talk about the uh, long. We actually uh, we actually drove out there. A nice little uh, drive down I ten to uh, from from uh, from from Alabama to Phoenix.
0: What I'll, This may be Captain Obvious speaking here, but what made the onside kick so incredible too, number one, is it's so against Nick Saban's nature, number one. And number two, um, it came at such a surprising moment. It wasn't like the, – the way we did it, um it didn't send the signal to the defense like we don't believe in you. A lot of times when you go for it, uh, kind of late in the game and it's like a questionable do you go for it or not or do you own side kick or not with that much time left, whatever. You can also be sending a signal to your defense like, hey, guys, we we don't know about y'all. And I, that wasn't what we were doing. I think that it, it was so – that and you could tell we had practiced the hell out of it. And if I remember right, they said that that was the best – um the best execution of that play, even throughout all the practices they've done. It just so happened the way we – when we run it the best is the time we need it to be the best. And, um, man, it was – that was quite incredible. And then, of course, you know, O.J. Howard, he, he had as many yards receiving as he had probably the whole year. I mean, I, I'm not looking that up I'm lazy. But, I mean, he had to have that as many yards in that game as he had just about for the rest of the year, don't you think? Uh, I,
1: it w it would certainly be something in the ballpark. No one that watched that game would believe that OJ wasn't a huge part of the offense all season long. I mean, it would be very difficult to believe watching that because OJ clearly, uh, it, it was is an extremely gifted receiver, which is why he, he would become a first round pick in the NFL draft and, uh, no telling what kind of numbers he'll put up with, uh, Tom Brady this year, because Brady loves to throw it to the tight end. Uh, and uh, what, what, a, what a great uh, eye for Lane Kiffin to kind of recognize that, hey, I think this might be a, a good opportunity game for OJ. Uh, Coker played great. That's one, one thing, uh, uh, again, you know, Coker started out the season as the guy who couldn't beat out Blake Sims. And by week three, he was the guy who couldn't beat out Cooper Bateman. And, yeah. you know, we, we try to revise history, but the message boards weren't kind to Jake Coker all season long. But then at the very end, uh, even really before Michigan state, the semifinal, but at the very end of the season, I think it it just finally all came into focus for him. He, he was playing really, really good. And, uh, and he was a fifth year senior. It was was time for the light to come on. And it did. He played great (laughs) to the point that if, if Jake, if Jake had come back, and had a sixth year, which which you can't do, of course. But if if Coker had a remaining year of eligibility, the way he played down the stretch, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Luke, uh, he he would have gone into the next season as a top ten Heisman candidate. That's how that's how good he was playing down the stretch.
0: Hey, the hell you can't come back for a six year. Hunter Renfro <laughs> was in this game, and he had been there <laughs> since Freddie Wigan. was at all. Um. Jimmy, I I did look it up. I'm not quite as lazy as I thought. Um, O.J. Howard's 208 yards made up 35% of his (laughs) season's total of 602 yards.
1: So it was 50%. It was 50% of his production. (laughs) So that one game was 50% of his production going in then. So that's – that's crazy, but, you know, really it's an almost an indictment on Kiffin for, like, come on, man, sh- surely surely, there were other games or opportunities where, <laughs> I mean, we, we should have got the ball to OJ more than we did. He was one of the best players on the team, and Lane is about, you know, utilizing your best players. So um, that's just uh, that's that.
0: Um, let's go ahead and take another break. When we come back, we'll talk about – Jimmy's fantastical journey through to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. All right, Jimmy. So again, we've already talked about most everything. Uh, that's we hadn't talked about most everything from memorable from this game because there's so much. I mean, where'd even where'd even draw the line? You know, it was seven to nothing Alabama on um, Derrick Henry's big long run of fifty whatever yards it was, and you thought, okay, here here come we've turned the spigot on now. It's ass whooping time. Well, then they come right back down and they tie it up, and then we don't do anything, and they take the lead, and we're like, "What the hell?" Um, you know. But the, the thing that made this game so much fun was it's it's even more fun to watch it now, knowing how most of these guys are playing in the NFL. Eddie Jackson baiting Deshaun Watson—that's just good on good. And how much better would the championship game have been in 2017 or the the 1617 game? Um, if Eddie Jackson hadn't been hurt. I mean, I think we win that game. We lost it with one second to go. You think Eddie Jackson's worth a second? I do. Um, Drake's kickoff return for a touchdown. Now, of course, Drake kicking ass for the uh, Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Ruben Foster was in that game. Same stadium. Jonathan, yeah, Jonathan Allen was in that game. O.J. Howard for the Tampa Bay Bucs, about to have another big year, certainly with Tom Brady now, had a huge game. Of course, Derrick Henry uh, leading the league in the NFL in rushing – uh, just man, just Deshaun Watson doing his thing. Hell, Hunter Renfro is doing pretty damn. Good. A lot of good. Wayne Gallman started a game or two for the Giants at running back here recently. So I mean, man, this a lot of of serious serious talent out there, and it it's just so much more fun when you look back and say, oh my god, that both of those teams were just loaded.
1: Yeah, and I'm doing a blog this week on Crimson Country Clubs. coming going to be out later this week that addresses a lot of what you're talking about there. I'm, I'm looking back at every draft under Saban, since Saban's been there, every draft, uh, the, what I'm calling the Saban drafts, and I came up with a methodology to sort of rank the drafts by, by you know what, what was a great draft for Alabama, obviously with the emphasis being on how many of our players were drafted and in what rounds and, uh, to kind of come up with a ranking of our best draft classes under Saban. Uh, and, and I'll go ahead and, 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 and spoiler alert. Uh, the draft that ends up being our best draft of the, of the Saban era wasn't the one following the Clemson win. It was the one following the Clemson loss. Uh, it was the 2017 draft that occurs following the 2016 season. Uh, and 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 what's shocking is it ends up being our best draft by far, actually, and, and which, is, which is amazing because these are a collection of the best draft draft classes, probably in school history. It, you're talking about these 10 Saban drafts being the, probably the 10 best drafts in Alabama school history. But that 2017 draft, yeah. uh, it, it proves to be the best. And we came up with a, a simple methodology of awarding three points for every first round pick and two points for every guy picked in on Friday, which is a second and third round, and one point for every player picked on Saturday in, in rounds four through seven. And using that system, uh, the 2017 draft is just uh, by far. And, and those guys would have all been major contributors in this game we're talking about, not the draft class. Which you know had Kenyon Drake and Derrick Henry in it among others. Uh, that draft was very good, by the way, and, and and is near the top. But uh, but the very top class, and, and it's it's an ass kicking, really. Uh, the very, the the best draft class is the the class of 2017. And uh, again, spoiler alert. But but really, what what stands out about that class, when you look at all the others, is uh, I, I think, and I'm going off the top of my head. I don't have the the paperwork in front of me, but something like. A nine-man draft class, eight of them picked in the first three rounds. The only guy picked beyond round three, the ninth guy, was Eddie Jackson, picked in the fourth round because he was hurt. Um, so, yeah, because he was hurt. Otherwise, he probably would have been a first-round pick. He certainly plays like one. Um, and and the, and those guys were all contributors uh, on this team. They, they were a year away uh, from from uh, from the draft, but. Interesting that it sort of interplayed here. And once we uh produce that blog and Luke can get his hands on it and read it through, uh we'll have we'll have a whole podcast this week dedicated to that very idea. What what has been the best and quote worst of the Sabin draft classes? And when I say worst, it might be the tenth, the tenth or the worst Saban draft class and probably ranked somewhere around the fifteenth or sixteenth best one in school history. Yeah. So it's all relative.
0: Um, all right. Well, Jimmy, we'll put a, put a bow on this thing and just say, look, we encourage anybody. We have no dog in this fight. We don't get anything for sending you to YouTube, but go to YouTube and check out, uh, some of these games in 30 minutes or whatever. And look, Hey, send us some suggestions via Twitter. You guys are reaching out to us via Twitter. We appreciate it. If you have anything you want us to talk about any old game, you want us to rewatch, um, you know, I still want us to go back and rewatch that '99 SEC championship game, or and or the '99 game at Florida, uh, the Sean oh, Alexander. Yeah. You know, it's weird that game. Sean Alexander had four touchdowns, but under 100 yards rushing. That's weird, isn't it?
1: That whole game was weird. And, that
0: whole game was weird,
1: and as Cecil Hurt uh, brought up even probably at the time. As much as we celebrated those '99. The, the two wins over Florida in 99, the, the win over Florida at Gainesville rescued Mike, Mike Dubos was on the chopping block. That win oh, saved no. him from the chopping block, and then we win the SEC championship game. And uh, you wonder, in terms of the long-term health of the program, <laughs> if we would not have been better off losing in Gainesville no, no. and just getting that over with, you know? But, okay. but I, don't, I don't look at things that way. I like to win the games. I don't care
0: who the coach now, let me say this, Jimmy. I see everybody's point, and and I think, um, you know, in two thousand six, I would have said, God, if we had just fired that son, if we had just lost at Florida, we'd we we're fine. But see, if if I have to trade everything I've done from seven yeah. to now for that, I'm not doing it. And yep. there's something. I'll tell you something. Um, as much as I love this Saban run, I gotta say, like the 99 SEC title game and the 92 national championship game are up there in terms of the, the most fun I've ever had at any game. Uh, the 99 SEC championship game was fun for me. Cause I had like a, a blind date that wasn't even an Alabama fan It's weird the way it wound up, but um, she was with me and everything, you know, it, it, it was great. I mean, it was good to be on a blind date for something like this when I'm so happy, if we'd gotten our ass kicked, I mean, she'd have been like, who is this loser? But um, you might have done that anyway. But um, the uh, then you know the '92 championship game. Of course, we hadn't been relevant in a while, and we we stomped that ass, the hurricane ass. I mean, it, you know, all the Saban things are fantastic, and I wouldn't trade them for anything. But that that '99, the Florida game, both Florida games have a special place in my heart. And now, because we know we have a revisionist, not revisionist history, I guess, just a remembrance, I guess. Of that, Tom Brady was who beat us in the uh, Orange Bowl that yep. year, and that we yep. lost it because we missed an extra point. We all kind of go, "Yeah, that sounds about like us."
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't ever look. I, I mean, I know you can play these "what ifs," man. If we hadn't won that, these other things would have worked. I don't care who the coach is. I just want to win the games. And like you, I, I had a blast. Ninety nine felt like a a total resurgence that built a great offseason heading into the 2000 season. We were very excited, uh, going into 2000. We thought we were national championship contenders again. And, and, and then it ended up being a bit of a mirage, but, uh, but no, I, I, whatever led to the hiring of Nick Saban in 2007, let it stand. It, even though it took a lot of misery and losses to get there, uh, and probations, Uh, Let it stand because uh, we've gotten to enjoy uh, as a a fan group, all of us, all of us Alabama fans have gotten to enjoy from 2008 to 2020 being the greatest dynasty, the greatest modern day dynasty in college football history. So whatever it took to get to that point, hey, I'm I'm fine with it.
0: And here's the only caveat to that, Jimmy. We need to do something this year or else Clemson's going to take that Yep, mantle, and it's gonna be hard. I mean, we can say SEC, SEC, y'all play in the ACC. That's fine, but if they make the playoff,
1: if they make the playoff and win it, and we don't, it's no longer one A and one B. It's Clemson's. It's Clemson's throne. Agree totally. It would also be the first time since Nick Saban took over at Alabama that we went three consecutive seasons without a national championship. That hasn't happened under Nick. So I mean, it's just fair particularly if Clemson is the team that that knocks us off or that that wins the playoff, uh, it's fair to say that the dynasty is ending if we don't win the national championship this year. Although I would also argue as long as we make the playoff and Clemson doesn't win, I would argue that the dynasty still goes on because making the playoff is a very big deal to anyone that's not Alabama or Clemson. I'm I mean, with you. That the Alabama and Clemson fan bases are probably like, ah, oh, you know, oh, that playoff, uh, we're in it every year. Well, oh, oh, I trust me when I say out of 130 teams, we're the only two that that look at the world that way. Uh, just making the playoff is is a very big
0: deal. No, I'm with you. And here's one other thing I thought about. You know, God forbid we don't have a football season, and we might not. God forbid, you know, we've already missed the uh, the most important part of basketball season. We're going to miss all of baseball season. College wise and maybe professionally too. But what I hate about this more than anything is not just missing it. I mean, and also what the hell are we going to do in the fall? I mean, it's going to suck if there's no football, but uh, and no high school football, no nothing. But you know, it's not like everything's in a vacuum. We can't just say, okay, well, that just, you know, we still lose a year of Nick Saban's life. I mean, he there is however long he's going to live, and I know he's a cyborg, so it may be to 138. But we're going to lose a year of having Nick Saban if we have no year. We sorry, faded out on me. Did
1: you hear what I said about the sucking part? (laughs) I did not. I lost the last probably 20 seconds.
0: Oh crap! Well, let me do it again. Uh, (laughs) So, Jimmy, what I was saying was that this, it, it, we had a little internet issue there, but what sucks about this this whole thing, if we don't have football season, is it doesn't happen in a vacuum. Everybody else continues to age. We will lose a year of Nick Saban's life if we don't play. It's as if he's still coached, and this, I mean, it's going to be one year closer to retirement for him, and we don't get it back, and that sucks.
1: Oh, it, it, it's going to be a huge blow, but again, I'm 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 optimistic today based on nothing, based on nothing real. But I'm just wondering out loud if uh, maybe we can put people back in stadiums in the fall with everyone wearing a mask. Like uh, I a mask? Or? Like, uh, you know, just the mask that you see people, you know, wearing when they go on planes right now. Well, or, you mean,
0: no, don't. I can't. You know, I, I've, I've already seen some people who wear those masks on planes. Like, now, I mean, if you do it now, it's understandable. But, like, a year ago, when I saw people wearing those masks, I'm like, man, you, dude, unless you have, like, bad, unless you have a really horrible smile you just don't want people to see, don't, don't do that. Don't do that.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah,
0: you look well, like a T. Bane <laughs> from Batman, you know? People may not get that reference. I don't know.
1: Well, we might. So that might be how we get people back in stadiums. Is is there just be a rule? All right. Uh, We will have games. You can come to the stadium. Uh, It's football as normal for fans. However, you must have a mask on to enter and you cannot remove it during the game or you'll be removed from the stadium. Could be could
0: be uh, it would be crazy looking, but that might might be the deal. It'd be scary as hell to play a game like on October 31st. You're out there playing quarterback, and you look up, and it looks like a whole bunch of evil surgeons in the crowd. You're like, I can't drop this ball. Um, all right, roll tide, everybody.
1: Roll Todd. See you all tomorrow.